Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in John 4, and before we get started, let's open with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all, for all that you've done. I'm grateful for how you lead us and you communicate with us and you love us. I thank you that we're your children and you accept us all. That you didn't give us just enough grace, barely enough to cover us, but that you gave it abundantly and in great rich, richness and fullness. I thank you that our, our sins for yesterday, today, and tomorrow are all covered and that you are the one we live for. So, Father, I lift, lift you up today. I lift us up today, and I just pray that we'd bring you honor and glory, that our spirit would, would dwell with you and we'd worship you in spirit. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, chapter 4 has quite a few interesting pieces, but the most well-known element in it is the woman by the well. And once again, we see that Jesus doesn't care about your sex. He doesn't care about your status. He cares about the person. You see, because the woman was a Samaritan who the Samaritans in general were hated or despised or disliked by the Jews and it's kind of vice versa. So that's what makes this interaction so, so interesting and important. In addition to that, the woman had not been a faithful woman in terms of her life and her, her spouse. She had four husbands or five, multiple, and the man that she was living with now wasn't even her husband. <clears throat> so she wasn't the most upright. So he didn't choose a, a Jew who was from the best family and living the best way. He just had a conversation with the woman at the well, who regardless of who she was, he cared about her and loved her. And he offered her everlasting life. The, the water that is the living water. So let's go ahead and just get started. Verse 1. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. <clears throat> Now Spurgeon in this convers in this he Spurgeon actually spends a lot of times and time in this these first three um, verses, but he talks about that you know the Pharisees were going to try to do something bad to Jesus that Jesus discerned their heart and he left, not giving him the chance to to cause problems. He also wanted he also goes on to talk about that if. If baptism, the process, was required to be done by a person that was holy or the holiest person there, then Jesus certainly would have been baptizing himself. He would have been doing the baptizing because if it required a really holy person, he would have, he would have been the most holy of all, right? And he would have been doing it himself. But the reality is, is he had his disciples doing it because it's a confession of the heart. It's a demonstration of your commitment to God, it's not an imparting from a holy person, a i.e. a priest, upon you. So it's really all contingent on your heart. So that's what Spurgeon, I mean, like I said, he spent a lot of time on those first three verses. Verse four, now he had to go through Samaria. 
So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had been had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living waters. Let me reread that. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw, draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did all his sons and his livestock? Pretty practical question, right? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in, the, in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have, have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in, Israel, is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will, will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and His worshipers must worship in the Spirit and truth. So, Jesus is having a conversation with just one lady, just one woman, who's a Samaritan, and is living with a man who's not her husband, and she's already had five of those. In his world, or in that world, this should never happen. But God doesn't care. He cares about each person. And he's teaching her about the living water. And the truth, and that God is spirit, and we need to worship him in spirit and in truth. Verse 25, the woman said, I know that Messiah, that called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. So there's times in the, where people have, have argued back and forth that Jesus doesn't ever claim to be God or the Messiah. This is a pretty definitive statement. I am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. See, Jesus doesn't care, but society does. 
But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. So here, obviously, there was a profound effect upon this woman because a woman is leading the town out to sea. They believe her. Something's changed in her. Maybe it's that living water. They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? (laughs) My thought would have been, Wow, he's holding out on us. Where is he keeping it? Anyways, verse 34. My food, said Jesus, is, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. So think about the impact of this. This woman, kind of an outcast, of an outcast group, the Samaritans, was had such an impact that she con- she had people believing in Jesus before they even listened to him. She had such a change in her life, in her heart, in her in her mind that they believed. And then what did Jesus do? He decided to stay with the outcast for two more days. Again, one of the most audacious displays of not caring about social ramifications. Jesus is a radical. He loves everyone, not just the Jew, not just the one with the right pedigree. He loves all. After two days, he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had been pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus said. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servant met, servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time 
when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. So you have quite the contrast. Jesus hung out with the downtrodden, the outcast, and many believed. The wealthy, I mean, this guy's a royal official. He, Jesus talks to him and heals his son. Again, Jesus doesn't care who you are. He just cares because he loves you. So with that, let's go ahead and wrap up and close with prayer. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you love us regardless of our station. And I just pray that we would learn to really turn our spirit over to you. That we would worship you truly in spirit and in life. That in all elements, our hearts and our minds would be turned to you. That you'd be honored and glorified. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a great day.